0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 247. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount links or codes mentioned for our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 247. first Let's dive into today's episode, making it only $39.99 for $200 worth of products. Go to fitfabfun.com and use the code SHAMELESS at checkout. Okay, Mamas, before we dive into today's content, we need to talk about our Shameless Mom of the Week. So just a quick reminder that our Shameless Mom of the Week always comes from a listener review over in Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. So to get your review over there, all you do is go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will put you into Apple Podcasts where you can leave a rating and review of the show. So you scroll down to where you can leave a five-star rating and then there's a little button you can click to write a review. Here's how you get nominated for Shameless Mom of the Week. You leave a review that says how the Shameless Mom Academy has impacted your life, made you a more shameless mom, helped you in any way. And then I go through and read the reviews and pick out the ones that I love. Now, I love all of them to be very clear, but the ones that really touch me are the ones that I pull out and share live on the show here. So here we go. Shameless mom of the week. This week is Lauren, mom of four. And she says, thank you so much for your podcast. I was previously a stay at home mom of four kids for nine years. My kids are 13, nine, seven, and four and a half. Now I went back to work in January after my husband and I separated. We just recently reconciled and I've been on a quest to better myself. Somewhere several years ago, I lost myself to motherhood and didn't recognize myself anymore. Listening to your podcast has been amazing. Hearing you talk about being shameless is great. I love how you talk a little bit about everything. I feel like as a mom, I've always got a million balls in the air and you always have a relevant topic. I also absolutely love how open you are with your life and your struggles. I tend to be super open too, and feel like so many moms want to be, but are scared of being judged. I remember being in a room of moms and blurting out how much I don't enjoy reading to my kids we all had first graders and they were all learning how to read. One mom was sharing how magical it was. And I just had the total opposite feeling to me. It was torture, but it turned out I wasn't the only one. It was an eye-opening moment for me. I no longer told those moms fibs just to fit in anyway. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren, I love this. And I can relate to this. I remember hearing my friend, Taryn Perry, who's going to be on the show sometime soon. She has four kids. And I remember at some point she did some sort of like Instagram story or something. And she's like, I'm just going to be real honest. I don't like sitting on the floor doing puzzles with my kids. Like I'm not a play on the floor kind of mom. And I was like, yes. So... I love that we can embrace the parts of motherhood that don't speak to us as well as the ones that do. And I am like all about the cheesy moments at times, but I'm also all about like, please don't make me play Star Wars with you. Like I will die. I will literally die if I have to learn all the ins and outs of Star Wars. Like it's just, ugh. there's nothing I can imagine that's worse than having to figure out Star Wars. Now, I know a lot of you are going to judge me for that and I'm cool with it because I know those of you who understand will understand and we are like virtually high-fiving right now. So Lauren, thank you. Thank you for being open, sharing your experience, and really living more shamelessly because that's how we connect with people. When we stop telling fibs, we find our people and we find our tribe. And I think that so many of you are finding that over in our free Facebook group over at Shameless Mom Every Damn Day, where you sense that, oh my gosh, these people understand what I'm going through. And it's okay if we don't all love every minute, or we don't all think it's magical, or we don't all have the same experience in motherhood. That's what being shameless in motherhood is all about. So I appreciate your input, Lauren, and I am so excited to nom- at you shameless mom of the week also best of luck to you on your reconciliation that's a lot of work to go through a separation and then into a reconciliation and i'm sure that that has just been a lot for you and your spouse to learn about each other and to navigate and i am cheering for you guys and hoping for the best whatever that might be and just know that we have your back over here at shameless mom academy so sending you a big virtual hug as well all right let's dive into today's episode Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. So it's officially summer in Seattle because for those who don't know, summer in Seattle doesn't start until after the 4th of July because... Literally, I recorded this right before the 4th of July on the 2nd while it was like pouring down rain and I was sitting in Ugg boots. So I'm hoping that when this is live on the Monday after the 4th of July, that it'll be like hot and sunny. That's my expectation. So we'll see how that all turns out. If you were away for the holiday last week and enjoying some family vacation time, I hope that was great. I was laughing with my mom because we did not have any vacation plans last week. And we were home when a lot of other people were vacationing. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know what to do. And she was making fun of me. She's like, well, you've had your fair share of vacations already, and you have more coming. So I don't feel bad for you that you're home. But I was like, I know, but like, there's no one to hang out with. So at this point, two days before the 4th of July, I have no plans. And we're going to be having a super chill holiday, I think. So whatever the holiday week was for you, I just hope that it was restful and restorative and filled with fun and memories. And, you know, it's funny, I know that for us, whether it's a holiday or vacation or travel and all those things, there's a build up to it where I'm always really excited. And then when we're in it, a lot of times I'm like, this is cool, but eh, like there's parts that are like harder than expected, or maybe things didn't turn out quite as you expected. Like the place we stayed in like Tahoe was kind of disgusting like that didn't make it to instagram but it was kind of gross we're going back next year we will make sure to do a better job scouting locations for next year but this place that we stayed at was just like super old and run down and there was like this crazy smell in the bathroom that was making me totally grossed out but was funny when you're in that situation i'm like This is kind of gross and like, that's not what I planned. And I wanted it to be like perfect and magical and blah, blah, blah. Well, here's what happens is like the perfect magic moments are never what you plan them to be. Like I was imagining sitting out on the deck every morning, drinking my coffee. And like I never once did that because the deck that we had was this tiny little deck that had pollen dusted all over it. And so I didn't really want to sit on it because I didn't want to get pollen all over my clothes. They had like this crazy pollen storm while we were in like Tahoe, which I've never seen before. But like everything was covered in pollen. And so we literally just never sat on our deck because it was so pollen caked. So that was like this magic moment that I anticipated that never happened. But then what ended up happening were all these other magical moments that I could have never anticipated prior to being there. And when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, that was such an amazing trip. And we had had such a great time and I just really really loved every minute of it and I shared a lot of it on Instagram over at the Shameless Mom Academy if you want to go check out our pictures. and the magic came from the culmination of these unexpected moments and I feel like that's often how it is. It's the culmination of these unexpected moments that really make holidays and vacations and things like that like that's what creates the magic. It's often the moments that we try to plan and coordinate are <laughs> don't ever turn out the way we expect them to. And then instead other really cool things happen for me, for sure, one of those moments was taking Vinny out stand-up paddleboarding. This is up on Instagram, but there's this picture, and he and I are out on this paddleboard, and I was super nervous because he had a life jacket on, and he's a good swimmer, and I'm a good swimmer, but it's a really cold lake, and it's a really deep lake, and I just knew that if he fell off, I would really panic, and so I felt very shaky the whole time I had him on the board, and there's like no protection when you put a kid on the front of a stand-up paddle board; They're not like sitting in a seat or anything. They're just on top of this flat surface, so like if you tip a little too much, it's pretty Easy for them to just slide right off, so I was very nervous, and it all worked out fine. He did not fall in, and even if he had, it would have been fine. But I was just really nervous about the whole thing. And when I looked back, my husband had pictures of us out on the paddleboard, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that was so amazing!" But it's funny when I was actually out there, I was like, "Oh my god, please let us like survive and not fall in." And I was literally like, my legs were shaking most of the time. But when you look at the picture, I'm like, we just look awesome, like just two little badasses out paddleboarding in the middle of the lake. So that was definitely a special memory for
1: me. And that actually ties into what we're going to be talking about today. So Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above
0: That's definitely a favorite memory of the trip from me when I look at it in hindsight. (laughs) So that was very fun. Okay. So I'm really excited to be diving into our content today because this is a topic that comes up over and over and over. This comes up in messages I get from you on social media. This comes up in messages I get in my inbox. This comes up in our private Facebook group over at shamelessmom.com slash Facebook. This comes up when I'm doing one-on-one private coaching. It comes up over and over and over. And so I'm, super excited to dive into this and talk a little bit about it. So how do you find your passions? What happens in motherhood is we often are so absorbed in taking care of others and just surviving. Like if we're being honest, it's often about survival. And sometimes there's long periods where it's about survival too. So we don't even recognize that we're in survival mode anymore. We've been there for so long. We don't even know how to exist outside of that. And we get to a certain point. And we're like, I don't even know what I like. I don't even know what I'm passionate about. I don't even know like what my favorite food is. I don't even know if I have a favorite color. I couldn't tell you what songs I like because I've only listened to Kitty music for like seven years, like all these things, right? And so then we have to challenge ourselves to find our passions. And sometimes we don't do this. I know plenty of women who never did this as their kids got older. And then they had kids out of the house and out of college sometimes. And they're like, wow. I've raised kids who are now in their twenties and now I have all this time for me and I don't even know what I want to do. And that can be really depressing. It can be scary. It can be overwhelming. So my goal for you, like a huge, huge goal of the Shameless Mom Academy that I've set out to work on since day one is to help you have a sense of identity, like know who you are, know what you love, know what makes you tick, know what brings you joy. And so as much as we can get caught up in, you know, just having to get live moment to moment sometimes or having to take care of others because, you know, like who's going to make sure people are fed and cleaned and put to bed and what have you, if we're not on top of it. There's also this sense of responsibility that we have to ourselves that I think it's easy to forget about, that we should still know who we are as individuals and we should still know what we're passionate about and what we really love and what brings us joy. So I'm gonna talk about that today. And some of this is going to resonate in terms of just finding joy in your everyday life. And some of this might pertain to how you are passionate about your career or not. And I do wanna be really clear that a lot of the questions I get are along the lines of, you know, how do I, I don't even know how to find a job that I'm passionate about. And I don't know what my dream job would be. And that's okay. It is definitely fine if your passion and your profession don't intersect. Like you might just be like, I have a job that has great benefits or pays reasonably well or whatever. And like, that's just a nice secure place for my family to be right now for me to be at this job that like doesn't fuel my soul a whole lot. That's okay. Okay. But if that's the situation, then you need to be finding passion outside of your work, right? And so making sure that you have this place where you know what your passions are, and that can just be something that you're consistently integrating into your life. So I'm going to talk about, we're going to kind of go through like seven points here, to, that will help you start to better define what you're passionate about. And so some of you might know right away things that you're passionate about. You might be like, yeah, I'm really passionate about my family or family dinners or, you know, spending time with my husband or date night or, you know, things like that, which are all great. But also what are the things that really make you tick that are really special to you on an individual level that are a part of your identity? That's what I want to talk about today and help you start to tap into some of this for some of you might lead into leading you down, you know, a road of Professional questioning as well, where you're like, Ooh, now that I've thought about this, I have a better sense of where I want to move professionally. And for others of you, it might be really kind of happening on a parallel plane where you're like, Yeah, like the job thing is the job thing. I just want to know like what I'm passionate about so that at some point when I have time for a hobby, I actually know what I want to do. So here we go. The first thing is for you to consider what brings you the most joy. Now, there's a little bit of a caveat here because probably you're going to say, my kids bring me the most joy. Yes. But also, they already consume more than enough of your life, I'm guessing, right? So let's think a little bit broader than that and a little bit bigger and not just be kind of consumed by the parenting part of it. As an individual, if you take away the title of mom, what brings you joy? And so think about, for me, some of these things are spending time with girlfriends and conversations with girlfriends and just conversations with other women like that gets me really excited, really fired up. I love engaging in conversations with other women. And sometimes it's girlfriends who are close to me. Sometimes it's other moms. Sometimes it's on a professional level with other women, but I just love having conversations with other women. So that's one thing. Another thing that brings me a lot of joy hearing stories. I love stories. I love hearing other people's stories. I love reading other people's stories. I also love telling stories. So stories are a big thing for me. Hearing and telling stories are a big deal. That brings me a ton of joy. And I love it that Vinny has started requesting my stories. So I don't want to brag you guys, but I might be an award-winning storyteller according to my child. So whenever we have to walk places very far, like if we're walking more than a block or two, I'll think of just some random story from when I was a little girl or something, and I'll turn it into like this big, huge thing to like just make it take up some time so that I'm killing time while we're walking so he's not whining And now he will request, he'll be like, mom, tell me another story. And it's like the honor of my lifetime. I mean, I kind of feel like he's given me an Academy Award for my storytelling. And they're all reality-based stories that I am hoping, like now some of them he remembers. So he like has little titles. So he'll be like, tell me the story of blah, blah, blah. Like he'll be like, tell me the story of when I was born or tell me the story about when you and Lala did whatever. So there's all these different stories that he knows kind of by title that he can identify now that he likes me to tell over and over, which is really, really fun. So I'm really enjoying that. Another thing that brings me joy, travel in the sun. So not just any travel. I laugh about this because my husband, when we were dating, decided to go on, I think it was like a three-week trip to Russia. And I remember he was trying to book it with his friend another guy. And when they were in the process of booking it, I was like, Oh, God, please don't ask me to go like, I really don't want to take vacation time. And at that time, like I was doing one on one personal training. So if I didn't work, I didn't make money. And I was like, I don't want to like go three weeks without pay to go to Russia. I'm sure there's some really cool things about Russia. But like, I want to go to like the Caribbean, or Bali. (laughs) Like, I want to be in a hut over some really crystal clear turquoise water. I don't want to go to Russia and like bring all of my coats. And like one of the things he did there, he went to some festival and like they sat in these tents and drank hot yak fat. Like that just sounds like torture to me. And And he said it was disgusting. He said it was awful and he had to drink it because it was like part of this custom and it would have been really rude to not drink it. And I was like, thank God I didn't get invited. So when he was scheduling this trip, I was like, please don't invite me on the Russia trip. Like thinking this in my head, but not wanting to be offended. So finally, at one point, And I was like, so this is like just going to be you and Brian, right? Like no girls. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's just gonna be the two of us. And I was like, oh, thank God. I don't want to go to Russia because I want like a tropical vacation, especially if vacation time is going to be limited. So for me, something that brings me a tremendous amount of joy is travel, but I want it to be where it's sunny and warm. So even when we went to Europe, like it was so perfect when we went last fall or last September, because it was still really nice weather. And so like that wasn't beachy vacation, but we were seen things in the sun. I mean, like the Eiffel Tower, I'm sure it's more beautiful in the sun. So that was my experience because we saw it in the sun. Another thing that brings me so much joy on a regular basis is feeling strong when I'm exercising. So I know that these handful of things are things that just make me feel really, really good. And they make me feel really happy and really content. And they just fuel my soul and my mind. And so I've been able to identify those things over time. So I want you to start thinking about what things bring you joy. And that might be a lot of different things for you. It might be like, for me, conversation with girlfriends is amazing, but you might be like, oh, like conversation with, I'd love to just sit and talk with my husband for like hours and hours on end. That might be for you. For you, it might be like joining a knitting circle or being in a book club or, I mean, it can be so many different things. So think about what brings you joy and then make a little list because knowing what those things are will help you define your passions. You don't have to do anything with that information right now. Just acknowledge it. Then next, think about, this is number two. What do you love talking about? So when you are with girlfriends or you're with other people, what do you love talking about? Like I love talking about parenting. I love talking about motherhood. I love talking about exercise and health and wellness. I can totally geek out on that. I love talking about self-help stuff. I love talking about psychology and sociology. And this is a big thing for me with storytelling. So my degree is in sociology with a minor in psychology. So like I'm the kind of person who loves to talk about a situation or a story that someone was involved in and, like, break it down. And this is fun. One of my closest friends is a lawyer, and she's really similar to me. And, like, we can, like, sit and break down, like, situations and people's behavior forever. Like, we can be the biggest nerds about it. And it's really fun for us. And she's, like, all about, like, the data. Like, she wants to, like, do this, like, research on, like, data collection, basically, <laughs> and, like, forensic crime scene stuff. <laughs> and I'm, like, I want to talk about, like you know, behavior and the sociology behind it and like the mental health behind different things. So it's the fun combination when we get talking about certain things. So for her, like she really loves breaking down crimes and those kinds of things and breaking down evidence whereas I'm like, oh, I want to talk about like what happened in this person's childhood that would make them behave this way today. So... What do you love talking about? Like when you can just talk about anything, what do you love to talk about? Like some people love to talk about the Grateful Dead forever and ever. I was joking with someone the other day about this. And she was talking about, we were making fun of someone who was, no offense if you love the Grateful Dead, but she was referencing someone specifically in her life who loves the Grateful Dead and how they can just like talk about the Grateful Dead forever. And she's like, really? Seriously? Like, so not anything else? So like we all have our thing that we just love talking about for hours and hours on end. Number three, if you were to wander into a bookstore, what section would you check out first? So if you had like two hours to just hang out in a Barnes and Noble, what section would you go to? So a lot of you have probably heard me say in other episodes how I actually used to do this because at the peak of my nerdiness as a single woman for many, many years, I would literally go to Barnes and Noble and hang out in the psychology section and read about different psychology disorders and diagnoses. And this was fascinating to me. And I love doing this. I specifically loved reading about eating disorders. Like I have always had this obsession with learning about eating disorders. I just think that there's so many interesting dynamics to the whole thing. So that was like part of it. I also loved reading about different personality disorders, like bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder. And those were things that I worked with when I worked at my job in the psychiatric hospital. So I could often read these books in the psychology section at Barnes & Noble and then like make connections to my experiences at work, which was fascinating to me. And I would literally, I could do this on a Wednesday night. I could like go sit at Barnes & Noble from like seven to nine, pull a few books off the shelf and just sit in a chair in Barnes & Noble and read. Like... That sounds so weird, right? No wonder I wasn't dating. (laughs) No wonder no one wanted to be with me. It was just little old me, still single at 26 and a half, hanging out at Barnes & Noble. But if you were to go into Barnes & Noble, what section would you go to first? For me, currently, it's memoirs and self-help. And when I find myself in a bookstore, that's what I go to. Always, always, always what is it for you? If you had two hours to kill in a bookstore, what section would you go to? Would it be murder mysteries or cooking or running or a history section or art? I mean, there's so many different directions you could go. But when you think about what section you would go to, that can be really telling in regards to what you're passionate about, right? Next would be, if you could do any job for free, what would it be? So for me, There's actually a lot of jobs I would do for free. I'm kind of multi-passionate. One of the things I've always thought about, like if I were to win the lottery and never have to work again, what would I do? And I've always thought I would be a baby cuddler. (laughs) Like I would cuddle like drug addicted babies. I cannot imagine anything better than that. I've always thought that. But there's a lot of other things like that. I mean, I also maybe would want to like go... Like work at a pet store that had puppies or something. Like something where you just get to like snuggle. I just want like little soft cuddly snuggles. So that's part of it, which that's probably a really common one, the the baby thing. Not so much the puppy thing maybe, but like wanting to cuddle babies. I imagine myself like volunteering when I'm 75 or something and like rocking babies in some like hospital nursery for like hours on end and like singing them songs. So that's always been something I thought like I would do for free if I didn't need to make money. Another thing I would do for free, which I do for free... On my podcast, storytelling and teaching women. Like I would do that for free all day long. When I started the podcast, I was like, this is not a business. This is just a fun passion project. I just want to see how this feels. As it turns out, I love it. I love storytelling. I love teaching women. So those are easy, obvious ones for me. So think about what would you do if you didn't need to make money? What would be the thing that you would love to do as a job? That might be art. I mean, art can incorporate so many different things. Photography, jewelry making, cross stitch, painting, I mean, a million different things. It might be writing. I know so many women who say like, wow, I would love to write someday. I'd love to write a book. I would love to have a blog. So I think a lot of us express ourselves in pretty creative ways through art in different forms if we have the time. And that doesn't necessarily mean like Pinterest art. It doesn't mean that you're like super crafty. Like I'm not super crafty. I actually put up a post on Instagram the other day about making Vinny a rainbow plate of food and like having to capture it to prove that I can be a Pinterest mom every now and then. Because we don't do craft projects at my house. But there's a lot of art that like my forms of art are speaking and writing. And those are my forms of art. So Art is a broad term. So don't get too dialed into or like nitpicky about what that needs to mean or how narrow that definition should be because it is a very broad definition. Number five is practicing bringing energy and enthusiasm into everything that you do and the stuff where you can't bring enthusiasm, quit it. Just stop doing those things. So let me expand on that a little bit because it's definitely easier said than done. But think about bringing energy and enthusiasm into everything that you do. So this even means the stuff that's not that fun. So I will say like, (laughs) again, let me just make myself super nerdy and say that I kind of get excited to empty the dishwasher. And I will tell you, I used to get really annoyed. I hated emptying the dishwasher. But now I get a little bit excited because... I like the sense of completion that I feel when it's done. And also I learned that I had spent all this time like begrudging how long it took. And in reality, I timed myself once. It takes me like two minutes to empty the dishwasher. So now it's kind of like this thing I can do really fast while listening to a podcast and it doesn't feel... Like punishment to me anymore. It feels kind of like, oh, I'm going to just do this really quick. Same with laundry. And I guess laundry, the same thing where I'm like, I'm just gonna turn on a podcast, knock this out real fast and get like, listen to something fun while I'm doing it. And when I'm doing those things, I'm often listening to my fun podcast versus my educational podcast. And so it's like, I can bring passion into it. It's totally fine. There's other things that... If you cannot bring passion or energy or enthusiasm to them, then quit doing those things. So hire, delegate, cancel your commitment. So that for you that might be emptying the dishwasher, you might be like, you know what? My kid is nine. They can empty the dishwasher. Even for me with Vinny. Vinny can help. He can do like half of it and he's five. So also with laundry, I actually have Vinny get involved now a lot with laundry. In fact, I was thinking he's gotten like obsessive about the clothes he's willing to wear And he will only wear shorts that have a drawstring. He will not wear shorts that have a button. And he does not have seven pairs of shorts that have a drawstring. And so he comes into my bedroom like every third or fourth morning whining that he needs me to do laundry so that he can wear drawstring shorts. And I'm like, no, I bought you seven pairs of shorts so that I only have to do laundry once a week. So no, you're going to have to go put on a button shorts. There's always tears. So I was thinking this morning when he came in for like the umpteenth time to whine about this, I was like, dude... He's gonna need to do his own laundry by the time he's like eight. Because, I mean, as soon as he's like tall enough to lift the detergent and get the detergent into the machine he's going to need to be responsible for that because I just can't keep up. And I'm not doing laundry multiple times a week because of his preferences over snaps and buttons and drawstrings and what have you. And he is so picky about these different things. So I'm like, I'm just going to teach him how to do laundry as soon as possible and get over this because I hate doing laundry. And my husband does his own and I do mine. And I like absorb Vinny's when he was born. And I'm like, I'm just going to outsource this as soon as I possibly can because I don't want to bring enthusiasm into doing the laundry. I can bring enthusiasm into folding it and putting away because Vinny helps with his. He puts all of his away. And we do it together. So it's kind of a fun little task. And with mine, I listen to a podcast while I'm doing it. So then it's like fun for me. But I'm ready to outsource his. So think about the stuff that doesn't serve you that you can't bring passion and energy into have someone else do those things. Like yard work? No, not my jam. So we outsource that my husband and I would rather work more hours and pay for someone else to do that. So think about where you need to hire, delegate or cancel your commitment. If you have some sort of commitment like some sort of committee or like regularly scheduled meeting that you can't stand quit it don't keep going if you are not passionate about it as my friend jessica butt says don't do stuff you suck at actually i'm going to get her on the show but she has a book called don't do stuff you suck at and this is like do the things that you're good at and use your resources in a productive purposeful way and everyone wins The more you can do the things that you're good at in the best way possible, the more you open up the opportunity to outsource the other things. The more I use my own gifts to make money, the more money I have to outsource the things that I suck at, right? So consider the benefits of doing the things that you're really good at and that you bring enthusiasm and passion into so that you can outsource the other stuff. No
3: one told us the truth about parenthood. Why?
0: I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely gonna find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Number six, know that your passions and your work may not always be in total alignment. You may have hobbies that you're passionate about. Be responsible and dedicate time to those things, But your career may be what you need to do right now to make ends meet, and that's fine. So they don't have to overlap. Like I talked about at the beginning, they don't have to overlap. Passion and career don't have to overlap. They might, and as you determine what you're more passionate about, you might recognize that you want to make a professional shift. That is exactly what happened to me. When I was working in my gym and running the gym, that is something I had been passionate about for a very long time. But at a certain point, that started shifting. There was other things I wanted to be doing, other things I had become increasingly passionate about. As my life had changed and evolved. And so over time, I was able to recognize like, hmm, I have some new passions now. I'm just going to play with those a little bit. So I spent two years playing with those before I was like, okay, like, I'm going to go all in on these new passions now. And that was super, super exciting when I finally was able to make that happen. But I definitely took some time of like, I'm just going to feel this out and do this as a hobby and see what I like about it and see how it goes. And then I can make a shift later. I'm not going to do anything risky right now. I'm not going to like put all my eggs in one basket and like dive into this podcast thing, not really knowing how it's going to turn out. I'm just going to like try this on and see what it feels like and then we can go from there. So that was really helpful in me defining what I was passionate about. What's also happened is it's allowed me to combine multiple things that I'm good at into something that I feel like I'm great at. So this leads me into number seven. Number seven is understand how some of the things that you are average in, in a few areas of your life, can merge together to create something where you can be above average. So I just kind of gave an example of that for me. And in in my specific situation, I was like, I know I want to be talking about these certain things. I know I have some training and education in these things. I know that I am a reasonably good teacher. I'm a reasonably good storyteller. I'm reasonably good behind a mic. Like, I wouldn't say I'm exceptional in any of those things. But if I put all those things together, I could be exceptional in that area. And so that's what I've been able to do is pull together a few things that I'm pretty good at and turn them into something where I feel like this is the most exceptional work I could be doing in my life right now. Like I literally don't think there's anything I could be doing better at. There's no job where I feel like I legitimately could go and do better than what I'm doing right now. So another example of this is one of my very first business coaches was a pretty good storyteller and a pretty good teacher. Really compassionate guy, really passionate about what he did, like a total people person. He was a great salesperson at his previous career. He was an okay writer. I always made fun of him cuz he always had a lot of typos, but his content was always good. Like he had great ideas. He just sometimes didn't know like how to place a comma or how to spell. But what he did with that, he was average in all those different things, right? He turned that combination of things into being a keynote speaker, a multi-million dollar earner of a huge franchise and into a multi-million dollar earner who now coaches other multi-million dollar entrepreneurs. And so he took all these things that he was reasonably good at and turned them into being exceptional at what he does, exceptional in his work. he is so good at what he does and he has it so dialed in and so honed. And that didn't come easily, but he was able to identify like, I'm pretty good at this and I'm pretty good at that. So I'm going to turn this all into something that I'm exceptional. I'm going to take these things where I'm like reasonably talented, not exceptionally, just reasonably talented. And I'm going to turn that into something where I can build myself an exceptional life. And for me, that's so inspiring. And actually in doing research for this episode... I saw an example of Steve Jobs being similar where it was like, he was okay at engineering and he was okay at a few technology and different things. And he took all that and he used that to become exceptional at something. So when you think about what you're passionate about, a lot of times we think like, well, yeah, like I love taking pictures of my kids, but like, I don't think I can go out and make money being a professional photographer. Maybe, maybe you could, maybe you couldn't. Like if you have a background in marketing and you love taking pictures of kids and you love learning about photography, and you love telling stories, oh my gosh, like you could build an amazing social media following as someone who tells stories about the pictures that they take. And if you're really talented at that, you can actually build an amazing, exceptional business out of that. So you don't have to be amazing at storytelling or amazing at taking pictures or amazing at social media. But if you're pretty good or okay at those things, you can combine all those together into an amazing business. So this is where, and I mean, this is where people... I see people get excelling at direct marketing businesses and mlm businesses the people that i see who do really well in things like like rodent and fields and beach body and beauty counter and i mean there's so many different ones but the people who do really well are people who are like reasonably excited about the products that they're getting behind and then they're pretty good at storytelling they're pretty good at social media and they take all these different pieces And they put those together and they become exceptional at being a representative for these companies because they've taken these different little areas that they're pretty good at. And they've brought passion and compassion to that and turned it into something really exceptional. The people that struggle in those markets are people that don't have passion behind it, or they're like, they're not really into the thing that they're behind. So they're just like, I just want to make a few dollars. Or they're like really into the product, but they're not really into like marketing or talking about it or storytelling. So like they don't have all the pieces put together. And now I'm not saying that the pieces identified are like the key components, but those are some of the components I think that allow people to be successful in that profession. So consider what are the things that you are pretty good at that you could later maybe be exceptional at? So that was seven steps to kind of get you going, get you thinking about how to find your passion and how to kind of start curating that. It's not an overnight thing. And especially if you have not put yourself first for a long time, it takes some time, but you can start working on this slowly, but surely. I mean, for me, this really started two years ago with like, sensory experiences where I would literally, and I talked about this early on in the podcast, I would literally do things that just brought me like moments of joy. Like I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to frame a picture of Vinny that I really love. An example from just this last weekend, I got this new blanket at Costco to put on our couch. That's like so ridiculously soft. So every time I sit on the couch, I'm so excited about this blanket. So just finding these little things that bring me like moments of joy really helped me start tapping into bigger picture, joy, passion, like finding happiness in daily life. So that sounds kind of silly, but tapping into just little things that bring you joy will actually really support guiding you in the direction of bigger passions as well. All right. So I hope this was helpful to you. I will be back on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. I can't wait for that. So have a great day. And I cannot wait to be with you again in a couple of days. Thank you so much for spending time with me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. I really, really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you get all episodes as soon as they're released and you never miss an episode. You can do that by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can click on the little subscribe button. While you're there, please also rate and review the show. Let me know what you loved. Let me know in what you are a shameless mom. And remember, shameless mom of the week nominations come from our reviews. So if you want to be nominated, you got to leave a review. So make sure you leave a review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And lastly, share this episode with other shameless moms in your lives. The way the show grows and the way we build our community is by you all spreading the word. So take a screenshot of this episode, share it on social media, tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram or Facebook. I will make sure I reply as quickly as I possibly can, sending you lots of loves and shout outs. And I can't wait to connect with you there. Until next time, have a great day. And remember, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.